Welcome to Caregivers Haven Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping families who are caregivers of a loved one with a mental illness gain peace of mind. Even though this is a podcast focused on family caregivers of the mentally ill, much of the discussion can be helpful to any caregiver. Your host is Sandra, your caregiver nurse consultant who as a family caregiver shares her passion for helping others and her lived experiences as a caregiver to provide education, support, and resources to other families. Sandra is a registered nurse and many of her guests are healthcare professionals. However, this is not a professional podcast, nor are we associated with any mental health counseling or medical doctor. Please seek help with the professional provider if needed. caregivers how are you today you know i'm going to ask you are you taking time to rest relax and rejuvenate we can't take care of our loved ones if we're not doing that so today we're continuing on with our back to the basics series and today we're going to be talking about back to the basics um, of self-care with your spiritual self and i have a special guest here alicia brown hi alisa hi i call her lisa sorry alicia lisa <laughs> so, um, she is, uh, you know, you know how I have a lot of friends, a lot of cousins who I may not talk to for like many, many years. And then we talk again and we pick up right where we left off. And I hadn't talked to her for probably eight to 10 years. And about a year ago, I reached out to her for something and we were on the phone for over an hour because we hadn't talked to each other for a long time. And so I'm just really glad to connect back with her. And so um, she was she was a first lady of a church that I went to. That's how we first became friends. We were there for many years. So I'm going to read you her bio so that you get to know her also. Um, so Alicia Brown is a communication entrepreneur. She's a TV show host, author, speaking and confidence coach, and transformational speaker. She has authored three books, In the Shadow of the Steeple, Why You Hatin', and Let the Church Awake. Alicia has founded a grassroots organization, Eagles Rising Initiative. The focus is to encourage, educate, and equip and energize ministry leaders and those who support them. So she's a very busy lady, very knowledgeable lady. I know that firsthand. So just welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna get started on this. Um, I, I'm trying to silence my phone. I forgot to do it. We're gonna get started on this, but before we do, hold on just a second. But before we do, I wanna read a quote um, from an article that I read. And the reason I wanted to do this, to read the whole purpose behind this Back to the Basic series is that, <clears throat> Back to the Basic self-care, is because self-care is getting talked to a lot, uh, 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 talked to about a lot. And sometimes when you talk about the same subject over and over and over, when everyone's talking about it, it kind of waters it down. And self-care can't be watered down because it's very, very important. And so that's why I wanted to do this Back to the Basic series, because it just kind of breaks it down to um, what self-care means and what um, parts of us need self-care. And so this article, um, the title is Four Dimensions of Self-Care, and it was written by Linda Monk. And one of the pieces that caught my eye for all of us caregivers, it says, if you are a counselor, social worker, therapist, healthcare professional, leader, educator, change agent, caregiver, parent, purpose-driven entrepreneur, basically a person who gives a lot of yourself in service to the well-being, learning, and growth of others in some way, 
then self-care and care of others becomes an important balancing act. And so that's why self-care is so important to us as a caregivers. It's a balancing act. And a lot of times in life, when we don't have balance, whatever it is, whether it's you know work, personal life balance, or like this, self-care and care of others, other balance, it, when it becomes out of balance, it becomes a problem. And you know, something happens, you get sick, mentally, physically, whatever. So this is why self-care is important, even though, yes, it's being talked about all over the place, but it really is important. So um, Lisa, we're gonna get started. And I'm, I'm really excited about this. We're gonna talk about spiritual self-care, which I think is just so important. Um, all, all of the aspects that we've talked about in this series are important. And this one is just, it's really important, I think, for me, because I just, it's, it's, I feel it, like I just feel it. So why don't we start off with you tell me what spiritual self-care is to you? Oh, wow, that's a good one. Well, spiritual self-care to me, well, first of all, I'm a Christian. And I'll just say that for me. And that doesn't mean that everybody is, because everyone can have spiritual self-care, whether you're a Christian or not. But I'm going to speak from the Christian aspect, because that's what I know. I believe spiritual self-care is a gift. It's really a gift that God has given us for us to kind of take care of us of ourselves and to make sure that we take care of the temple. Because it, as a Christian, you know that you, your body is a temple, and you house the spirit. And spiritual it, the root word is spirit. It's, it's the breath of God. It's what we house. And so if you're housing that, you have to take care of that. And it's a gift that God is giving you to even when you know, Sandra, when things happen in your life, it's like something connects in you to protect, to guard your spirit. And that's why I say it's a gift. So you'll know when you're hurt, when things happen, you know you know it in your mind, you know it in your thought, you know it in your heart. I need to pause and take care. Mm -hmm. I'm not listening to the things I ought to listen to. I'm not watching the kind of things I ought to watch. <laughs> I'm not saying the words that I ought to say if I'm taking care, doing spiritual self-care. Mm. That Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I, I'm, I'm a Christian also, and a lot of my listeners are, a lot of them are not. Um, which is fine. I think the people I worry most about are the people who have nothing. Um, I, I, who just don't understand about, about that internal um, spirit. I, I remember um, when the um, September 11th happened, you know, when the towers fell down and we, um, my husband and I were taking our kids to school that morning and our neighbor came rushing outside saying, don't take your kids to school. The world is ending. Oh my. She was like hysterical. And, and I felt so bad for her. And I, I took my kids to school. I came back and I tried to talk to her. And um, I found out, you know, she, she wasn't a Christian. She wasn't, she had nothing to hold on to, you know, and, and she wasn't a Christian. She wasn't um, Jewish. She wasn't, you know, a yogi. It, she just had nothing else to hold on to. So yeah, she was freaking out because there was just nothing. And, and, and sometimes it's just really hard to explain. I know for me, when I, I have a hard time explaining that to people, um, what, what my spirit is or what spirituality is. And sometimes people just, they just don't understand it. When I go to the beach, um, I, I feel peace. I feel my spirit is at peace at the beach. Like that's one of the places I go. A lot of people think um, they connect spirituality 
with religion and think you, you, you can only go to church to feed your spirit. And for me, that's not true. I love nature and I just, I talk about the beach a lot, but it's nature, it's, you know, it's going to Yosemite, it's being outside. And I just feel that connection and I feel like my spirit is being fit. Um, and, you know, it's just, I, I guess get it's yeah. different for everyone. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So if you if if someone maybe like my my neighbor, but if someone is not um, practicing spiritual self care, what does that look like? What do you think? What what's the result of that? Um, you'll see anger sometimes, uh, not be able to control anger, not not happy. Um, I went through some tragic things. Spiritual self care is even very, very good for when you go, when you come to the point where you face trauma, like you said, that one individual couldn't handle the trauma and the stress well. When you're not into spiritual self-care, when trauma hits you, when difficulty hits you, you will not be ready. But if you're into spiritual self-care, when it hits you, you won't like, oh, come hit me, I'm excited. But you'll have a peace. The Bible says we have a peace that surpasses all understanding, guarding our hearts and minds. So that's that spiritual self-care. When you're doing that, it's going to guard your heart and mind. And when you're not doing it, you're going to see. Their minds are not going to be guarded. Their hearts are not going to be guarded. Mm. That, yeah, that's interesting. Guarding, guarding our heart. Um, I, you know, I think I want to bring something up here. I was going to bring it up later, but you're talking about guarding our heart. And to me, that made me think of loving, loving myself, loving my heart. So for all of you listeners out there, you've probably heard me mention in either my Instagram posts or in some previous um, podcasts, I talked about my friend and I who had this conversation, you know, I've talked about it several times. So now you get to meet her. This is my friend. This is my friend who I had that conversation with. And the conversation I'm speaking of is, when I was talking about self-care, that self-love is a part of self-care, loving yourself. And I mentioned to um, I mentioned to Lisa that I feel like a lot of times being in the church and how they teach us to be humble. And sometimes when we're practicing humility, it it kind of takes away from our self-care because you know a lot of times we just equate being humble to you know giving to everyone, being nice to everyone, being kind to everyone, taking care of everyone else. You know, being humble and not pumping ourselves up. And we get that confused with the fact that when we when we practice self-care, a lot of people think that that's being selfish and not being humble. And Lisa brought up a very good point. She said, in addition to that, there's a scripture that says, love your neighbor as thyself. But she said, loving yourself is really the first part of that scripture, not the second part. So do you remember that conversation, Lisa? Yes, absolutely. The greatest um, commandment is to love your neighbor as you love yourself, well, love your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. But the second is like it, to love your neighbor like you love yourself. So if you're saying to love my neighbor, and you're always thinking, oh, no, I'm gonna love my neighbor because I'm gonna be that, we can understand that. Oh, I'm gonna be good to my neighbor. I got a new neighbor moving in. Maybe I should take them a pie. Maybe I should, you know, take them a basket. We know automatically what to do if we have a neighbor and we wanna be good to them. But it says, as you love yourself, so all that thing that you plan to do for your neighbor, do you plan to do for yourself? Mm -hmm. Do you love yourself just as much? Do you know how to love yourself? And you know, there's an, even another twist on that that I have found for me. And when I started going through tragedy and difficulties in my life, it's just, you can't love yourself if you don't know yourself. Mm 
Mm. You don't even know what you love. You don't know what you like. You don't know what you love to do. And so that's why we have a hard time loving ourselves sometimes because we don't even know who we are. Sometimes we're faking to make people like us. Sometimes we've been around a certain group for so long and hung around them that they became our identity. Mm. And we don't even identify with who we are. And I, I'm guilty. When I lost my husband, I had to reinvent myself, honey, because mm. I didn't even know who I was anymore. So you can't even love yourself if you don't know yourself. So loving ourselves is important and being able to affirm yourself and say, hey, girl, you're doing good. You're all right. You know, to be able to even say that you can't people when I coach people, they'll say that's so awkward. That's so uncomfortable because you don't love yourself. Right. If you love yourself and you look in the mirror and you see yourself popping, you see your lipstick popping. If you love yourself and you're excited with yourself, girl, that lipstick is popping. You know, those earrings look good on you. <laughs> and you know, there's, there's a myriad of reasons of why we don't love ourselves. And I, I think sometimes as moms or me as a caregiver, sometimes it just happens out of your responsibilities, right? So I, I remember, I, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, I went to a workshop and one of the tasks in that workshop, we had to write down like our favorite color, what is our wardrobe style, like all these things about, about ourselves. I couldn't answer the questions. I, I could tell you my kids' favorite store they like to shop. I could tell you my husband's favorite things he like. But it was like, this is, this is crazy. I cannot, I could not discuss me. I couldn't talk about me. And um, even my hobbies, I was like, well, I used to like to do this. Do I still like that? It was, it was just, it was a trip because it was a real eye opener for me as to how over the years I had lost sight of myself. And, um, you know, and it wasn't intentional. It wasn't like anyone was making me do any of those things. I was just being a mom, a wife and a caregiver. And I was not practicing self-care. I didn't know about self-care at that time. And so, yeah, I, you have to, you have to learn who you are and love yourself. And all, just like you said, all those things that you do for your neighbor, all the things that I do for the person I caregive for, all the things I do for my family, what about me? Like I should start doing those things for me too. And um, spiritual self-care really helps me with that. Cause like when I go to the beach or, you know, self-care, sometimes I just go in a quiet place in the house or in the backyard and sit and, and be quiet. And just having that quiet time and that meditative time has really helped me to, begin to love myself and know myself. So, you know, thank, thank you for uh, bringing that up. And so now, we, not all you guys, all you listeners out there, you know who I had that conversation with. And you see how we just kind of went on a tangent like that. We could talk about this a whole lot. Like <laughs> we can go on and on and on. Yeah. So um, another question I want to ask you is, does rest always include sleep? Oh, no. Not even, it does not. Um, rest is to cease to work. That's what rest is, You're not working anymore. Rest is to relax, mm -hmm. is to restore, is to rejuvenate. Rest could be going to get a mani and a pedi. Rest could be a bubble bath, one of my absolute favorites. It could be laying down and listening to your own music, that your favorite music that you love to listen to. Rest is so different and we get so caught up, you know, you don't need, you need to rest, you need to rest. When's the last time you went to sleep? That's not rest. That's going to sleep. Rest is just knowing, once again, knowing who you are and knowing what uh, relaxes you because I have a friend and this is no joke. She's a beast. 
She loves to exercise. Rest to her is going to the gym and <laughs> totally spending like hours working out and then coming and getting in the jacuzzi. That is a day of rest for her. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> for me, that would not be a day of rest. <laughs> right. But I know myself. Right. You just got to know yourself. And honey, now going out for a walk, I can walk for like four or five miles. And, and especially if it's a beautiful place and a beautiful scenery. And I, like you said, nature. And I can feel like hear God talking to me. And mm -hmm. that's restful to me. Mm -hmm. But once again, knowing yourself. Mm -hmm. So I think um, a lot of people... They do equate rest and sleep. I know a lot of people always say, like, I love naps and say, you need to take a nap, you need to sleep. But one of the things about rest and sleep is that everyone doesn't sleep well. So if you, if you think you're only resting when you're sleeping, but you have trouble sleeping, then when are you really resting? Um, yeah. we, we have, you know, we did a podcast about sleep and we talked about that. Um, everyone does not sleep well you're not resting when you sleep and it's kind of, and you can learn how you can learn how to rest and sleep um but for a lot of people they're not resting when they sleep so how can we equate rest and sleep at the same time because yeah. it does it doesn't it doesn't work that way for everyone you're right so absolutely um it, it a lot of people have a lot of trouble sleeping and we are supposed to um because of all of our hormones we talked about this in the other podcast uh, because of our hormones and our circadian rhythm and all that our body is made it's meant to rest when you sleep um it's meant to rejuvenate all of your cells and empty out anything that doesn't meet there when you're asleep that's what it's meant to do but it doesn't always happen so you you do re really need to understand rest and if, if sleep is not the time you rest then you need to find out when you're resting so that you can give your mind and your body a break so that it can rejuvenate. So um, what are what are some tips for spiritual self-care? What are some things, like if, if there's someone out listening and they're thinking about, oh, you know, I wanna understand my spirit more. I wanna wanna know what are some tips that I can do to have better self-care? What are some tips that you can give them? Okay, um, that's a really good question too. Um, once again, our body, our spirit is, is temple, is housed by the body. And your body is keeping the temple, which is the spirit. And so you have to take care of that. And one of the things to really good tip, and that people would never probably think of this as a tip for spiritual self-care. There's a scripture in Psalms, the 62nd verse, a division of Psalms. It says, pour out your heart out your heart and that is one of the first ways to self-care pour out your emotions your hurt your pain your frustrations whether it's you know to god whether it's to a friend or a safe place that you trust whether it's just talking to yourself because sometimes i'm talking to myself but constantly pouring out your heart but not just all the bad pour out the joy oh god the happiness the the peace that, like I said, that surpasses all understanding. Pour it out, speak it out. Don't keep it in because we have a tendency to keep all our hurt, our pain, everything inside us. And that is horrible self care. It will cause you to withdraw, it will cause you to isolate because you're, you have it in. And when, when what's in, it's in, it starts messing with your thoughts and the way that you conduct yourself and you don't feel like you're good enough or you don't want to be around certain people because you don't feel like you'll be accepted. So the first thing you have to do is pour it out. 
I, I keep using this about when I lost my husband. I lost my husband to suicide. And one of the things I did is I was on the phone with my friend almost every night till like two, three, four o'clock in the morning because nights were the worst for me. Mm -hmm. And I would pour out my heart. I would pour out, you know, what made it, made things so, this part, this thing in my life so bad. I would say everything, oh, this is the worst night's worst going to sleep and being by myself and everything I was feeling. And I would say, you know, what people was expecta expectation of me, I would just pour out, pour yeah. out. And when I um, started um, growing and maturing and getting back into the fellowship, people would be amazed and they would say, how, how did you heal so well? I, I just did a, 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 a class on last night and one of the people listening to the class said, you are an example of perfect healing. And I never thought about that before, but I believe it is because I poured out. I poured out. So you pour out all your pain. That's one tip. Another tip would be to be still. And it's kind of a lot like rest, but you have to be still. Sometimes you just have to sit and think and meditate, journal, just listen to, to uh, the voice of God, listen to your, your heart, and just be still. That is such a good healing for you. That is such a good tip. And number three would be affirmations. Like I spoke about earlier, just saying wonderful things. I am wonderful. I am blessed. I am dynamic. I am powerful. Constantly saying those things to yourself will help your spiritual self-care. The words we speak, our words are life, and they could be death. So if you're not saying good, positive words to yourself, that could be part of your self-care. And you let other people say words to you all the time, and you're not affirming yourself, that is a good tip. Affirm yourself, folks. Yes, <laughs> totally agree. <laughs> Um, all of those are great. And I just, I want to bring out, um, when you talked about number one, pouring out your pain to your friend, you know, um, your loved one, whoever, I just, I also want to say, don't be afraid to go to a therapist. A lot of people um, ha have an issue with therapy. And, and I can, t I'm, I'm going to be honest, I, I did too. My husband, my husband is a therapist, but for years, I mean, you know, many years growing up, and it wasn't so much that I didn't believe in them. It's just that no one I knew growing up went to a therapist or talked about therapy. And then when I did hear people talk about it, they talked about it coming that you would go to therapy from a point of weakness. You know, it was never in a positive way. So it wasn't until literally um, in my in my mid middle age adult years that I understood what therapy was and I understood how they could help you. So if you don't have anyone um, around you that you feel comfortable pouring out your pain to or talking to, you know, therapy, therapy is a good place to start. And sometimes when you go to therapy, you, you may go to one therapist and you don't connect. It's okay. Just move on to the next one because it, it, it is sometimes hard to find someone that you both connect with each other. So I, I just want to throw that in there. That's good. I, I love all of these. And as, as far as affirmations, my grandmother used to always t say, watch what you say watch what you say because the tongue is so powerful. All the time she would say that, watch your words, watch your words, the tongue is so powerful. So, and if we think about it, you know, God spoke, if you're a Christian, you believe you believe in the creation, he spoke it, like that's yeah. how powerful words are. He yeah. spoke it into existence. So words are powerful. 
And on that, since you went there, I can go there with you. <laughs> we create every day with our mouths. We create things, what we say, mm -hmm. like I said, whether it's bad or, or good, even in our children, mm -hmm. you can see some of the words that you said to your children that were to their detriment and that were empowering. Mm -hmm. So we create even with our words. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, and last question I have for you is, um, what what often stops us from being committed to spiritual self-care oh so many things so many things stop us i'd say two things i can just share in the interest of time a busy life a busy life will stop you from spiritual self-care you just get up in the morning not you know you won't have a, a routine or regimen and you just get up and you go about your business and you, you're doing absolutely nothing to take care of your spirit to house your spirit, to care for yourself, just running, running, and running. Mm -hmm. And that will stop you. After a while, if you do it, it becomes a habit. If you continually go about your day, it becomes a habit and there is no spiritual self-care. Mm -hmm. And the second one is denial. I don't mm -hmm. need it. I don't need self-care. I don't need, you know, we don't ever say it, but we think it in our mind. I used to always uh, remember the the recommendation of the acronym HALT. Never make a decision if you're hungry, alone, lonely, hung, 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 hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Mm. HALT. HALT. Whenever you're going to do any of that, you're going to make a decision. Make sure you're not hungry. Make sure you're not angry. Make sure you're not lonely. Make sure you're not tired. And because... Because you might make the wrong decision. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times we're in denial. We're like, you know, you might be hungry and you might think that you're making the right decision, but girl, you were hungry. Eat something. Yeah. <laughs> Eat something and think about it again. But, you know, that, that busy life, and I, and I want to include, when, when we talk about busy life, it's all realms of busy life, in my opinion, including church, because um, sometimes we can get so busy at church. I remember years ago when I, so I have four kids, as you know, um, they were all little and we were it was, I was just busy because they had sports, we had church, they had school, we had just life. And I remember one time it was at St. John, we were having a, um, I don't remember what they called it, but they had tables set out for everyone to sign up for what ministry they were wanted to sign up for. And I didn't sign up for anything. And one of the ladies of the church, one of the older, she goes, well, what are you going to sign up for? And I said, um, well, nothing right now. I'm waiting for God to tell me. And she goes, well, I know God didn't tell you to not sign it for nothing. And I looked at her and I said, how do you know what God told me? Because that's exactly what had happened. I had been so busy. I was doing so many things that I, I wasn't being taken care of. My household wasn't being taken care of. And I was sometimes when you're, you're doing the right thing, but the right thing is killing you. I was just so busy, 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 busy everywhere. I didn't know about self-care then, but I knew that I wasn't right. I knew, <laughs> I knew that I was overwhelmed. And so sometimes even church, people think everything in church is, is okay, but sometimes, no, you're, you gotta take care of your family. That's your first ministry, right? You know, so. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you're on my soapbox now, I'm telling you. <laughs> we as Christians are notorious for that. Church people are notorious for that. Well, even how the church is structured, Hear me now. When you come in, the first thing they'll say is, oh, hi, welcome. Would you like to be an usher? Would you like to be in the choir? Let God speak to you. You have spiritual gifts. Maybe you're not a singer. Maybe you're not an usher. You got to find out what God is saying to you. And don't just get busy. And God never told you what to do. And you're, what God wanted you to do is over here, over here, 
you never did it because you're doing what everybody else is telling you to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, this is really good. I think we're going to have to have a part two. Um, <laughs> uh, what I, one of the things I want to, to, to talk about, um, I wasn't going to bring it up, but since Sister Lisa has brought up a couple of times during this talk about her husband, that she lost her husband to suicide. And so I know for her spiritual self-care had to be intact or, or, or it increased during that time. Um, one of the things that you guys may not know, her husband was a pastor. And so, um, so, so his congregation was affected as well as his family because, you know, a lot of people look, you know, they're put a pastor way up here on a pedestal. Um, they look up to him. They think he's perfect. And I mean, that's probably a whole nother talk, but he's over here and, and he actually, you know, suffered some, had some challenges and committed suicide. And so sister Lisa and her, and her children had to go through that. And so that's why she's saying, you know, I mean, that's why she can talk about this spiritual self care so well. Um, and so since she brought it up, I don't know if you wanted to talk about that a little bit more, um, as far as, you know, just how important that self care is that spiritual self care in a situation like that, that was tragic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was blindsided by that. But as I look back in retrospect now, I can see so much of where he broke down in his own self-care. My husband was amazing with counseling and telling people, you know, what you need to do. I always think when I think of my husband, I always think of that scripture uh, where when Jesus is on the cross and they said he saved everybody else, but he can't save himself. Although we know he chose to stay there. He could have gotten down anytime, but he chose to. But I felt that about my husband. He made a choice to take care of everybody else but himself. And I saw that all the time in him. I mean, even financially, we would be going through things and he'd give our last to someone else. Mm -hmm. That's always, was always his heart. And um, he just burnt out. And when he began to isolate, that's why I said you have to pour out because began to isolate and friends that he knew he was wouldn't take their phone call they said lisa i'm calling kevin and he's not taking my call he just shut down and he isolated he kept everything in so you'll see the signs and that is something that you'll know you know your body you know your mind it will talk to you. your heart will talk to you and will tell you something is not right i'm burnt out i'm tired i'm all these things and even if you don't know, the Bible is sure and it's honest. And it says in Psalms 23, the, about the Lord being our shepherd, he says, it says, he maketh me lie down in green pastures. So even when you're not listening to your body and your, and your mind, there's something inside of you, that spirit that will say, it's time to lay down. That happened to me last year, mm. 2020. I got so sick, Sandra. I, I, I got down not 96 pounds. I got down to 96. Oh my gosh. I got every diagnosis. I couldn't believe it. I, I lived a healthy life, walking four to five miles a day, everything, and got sick. And the doctors were like, all the things that you're getting that they're diagnosing me with are people who don't take care of themselves. Mm. And it, they were like floored. And God spoke to me and told me, it's because I had to make you lay down. You wouldn't do it. I had to. <laughs> so I'm now restored, but I, you got to listen. Self-care, 
spiritual self-care. You got to listen. Yes. So I think, um, I, I think what you're saying when you're, when your number one tip was pouring out your pain. And I think about what you're saying about pastor Kevin and I'm, what I'm thinking is I think that this is very difficult for men to, to do. Um, women, we have, we have friends, we have sisters, we, we talk all the time. And even though sometimes it still catches us off guard, I think mm -hmm. we pour out a lot. Um, yeah. I think there are times we need to pour out more and there are times we need to pour out to our professional, but I think we pour out way more than men. I think they tend mm -hmm. to hold all yeah. of that inside way more than women do. And, um, be, working with caregivers, um, there are a lot of men who are caregivers. And so I'm, I'm trying to, to reach out to them and help them because they, they have to learn this. They have to learn about this pouring out. They have to learn how to reach out for help. They have to learn how to, um, you know, women journal and meditate. They need to learn how to do all of these things that women have kind of um, always done. They, they're, they're not used to doing those things. Affirmations, like all of the things you said, I think all of these things are great and a lot of men are doing them more, but I think they need to do them even more. And I, and I, I think your testimony here is gonna help them. I hope a lot of men hear this. And even if men don't hear this, if, you, if you're a wife or a sister or aunt to, to men, like share this, share this with them. And so that we can prevent anxiety and depression and suicide in men women we need and we need to help it with all areas but i think especially men especially pastors they do not um get the help that they need um anyway all right i'm trying not to get emotional here <laughs> um one of the things you were saying about you being sick last year um so last year you know, I had a rough year too. I had been taken off work. My doctor told me I had to be off work for a year. And I was like, are you going to pay my bills? Like, <laughs> okay, you're taking, because I was having some major back issues. I was having back spasms and, and um, sciatica pain. And so finally in March, she for real took me off for a month. Um, and I ended up retiring after that because I was off for a month. And right before I was supposed to go back is when my husband and son were both hospitalized for COVID. And then we went through all that. But it is true. I have a friend who you know, Sister Anisha Gaines. She used to tell me years ago, if, you, if you're not careful, God's going to put you flat on your back and you're not going to be able to do all this. You need to take care of yourself. And that is what happened to me last year. The pain got so bad, I, could not, I couldn't walk. One day at work, I like collapsed. Um, it, it was, wow. it's, it's just crazy. And so my therapist told me, she said, sometimes you, you, can, um, you can have so much stress in your life. It may not be necessarily anything physical with you when you start it, but the stress will begin to cause somatic issues and somatic issues are physical issues. You will start having physical issues Absolutely. really when it's all stemmed from anxiety or stress, especially suppressed, like how you're saying earlier, like it'll be in there and we don't let it out. Like it's going to come out one way or the other, <laughs> you know, it may come out in depression. It may come out with illness, physical illness. It may come out with back spasms where you cannot walk it's going to come out. And so again, it goes back to what I said at the beginning um, of this episode is that we self-care don't, don't let it get watered down. Yes. Everyone's talking about it, but it cannot get watered down. We need, we need to continue to talk about it. Um, we need to continue to support people and inspire people to practice self-care because it's, it's serious. It's a serious thing. And especially for all of you caregivers out there, we have all of these life issues that we're dealing with 
in addition to taking care of some of someone else. And so you just, it's impossible to um, care from an, from an empty vessel, it's impossible. And even though it may take years for it to happen, I'm telling you, it'll come when you least expect it. I was not expecting to retire a year ago. I was not expecting to, to um, be flat on my back and can't walk. Um, when my husband got sick with COVID, we were actually in Vegas and I had to drive home because he, he was sick. And the, you know, COVID had just started, we didn't know what was wrong. I literally had to drive with an ice pack on my back all the way from Vegas home. I, the pain was that bad. I had to like sit on a um, ice, uh, I, I just bought a big giant bag of ice. And I, I just now, you know, practicing self-care, retiring from work, and just really paying attention to me. Um, and, and when I'm tired or when I'm overwhelmed, just really paying attention. It has made a huge difference in my life. Um, I, I just can't, I just can't talk about it more of how important it is to take care of yourself and not forget about yourself. So, yeah. all right. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, listeners, this is, she's an awesome person. As you can see, she just has a wealth of information. Um, and Lisa, do you have any um, uh, products or services or anything you want to tell the listeners about? I forgot to ask you about that, but do you have anything you want to share with them? Oh, I'm, you know, I am a coach, a confidence coach, uh, I'm speaking coach. If anyone wants to work on their speaking, um, uh, you can contact me, Alicia Speaks at gmail.com. A-L-E-S-I-A Speaks at gmail.com. Yeah. So, yeah, do all that. Motivational sure. speaking, anything they might need. Love to do that. Okay. Awesome. Um, we, we'll, I'll also put that in the notes for you guys to have her her email address. Um, again, she's she's awesome at everything she does. Um, I I have learned a lot from her. She's helped me um, years ago. She helped me through some personal issues. Her husband helped me through some personal issues, and she she's not um, she's not just all talk. She knows what she's talking about. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. She she knows and understands what she's talking about. So anyway, um, I think that's it for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening to Caregiver Saving Podcast. And uh, please hold for some important announcements and I'll be right back. You can find Sandra on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Caregiver Saving. If you enjoy listening to Caregiver Saving Podcast, please share, subscribe, follow, and favorite.